it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, hop along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, yearn to wade in a high Sierra or Alaska stream, or just look forward to taking the kids out to one of our local lakes, chase trout, crappie, or bass, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio. Radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. And thank you, Mark Larson and Southern California. Good evening. Man, we've got one whale of a show for you tonight. So get your favorite beverage, sit back and relax and get ready for two hours of some of the best fishing information on the radio. We're going to start off with... BASS Elite Pro Angler Edwin Evers. He is the hottest ticket on the Bassmaster Trail right now. We're going to catch up with Edwin. We're going to find out a little bit about him, where he's been fishing, how he's been doing it, and also get some information on another venture that he's into that I think you're going to find to be interesting. And then at 6 o'clock, we're going to have Bill Wilkerson on from the Malahini out of H&M Landing. And boy, Bill runs the three-quarter day boat out there, and right now the saltwater fishing off our Southern California coast is dynamite. We're going to catch up with what's happening on the three-quarter day boat. And then at 6.30, Captain Ray Summers from the Vendetta out of H&M Landing, and the Vendetta has been coming up consistently with some of the best tuna counts, both bluefin and yellowfin, yellowtail also, that I've seen on any of their boats. We're going to find out what captain ray's doing to do that also we'll have great uh, reports from uh james nelson and phil uh, uh friedman so stay tuned it's going to be a great show stan and wendy are not here tonight they're off fishing so we're going to get right with our first interview ladies and gentlemen i'd like to introduce to our listening audience a bass elite angler who is just tearing him up on the trail let's get to know him real well Mr. Edwin Evers. And Edwin, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, it is great to have you on. You know, Edwin, here in the Southern California market, uh, you know, maybe a lot of the fishermen are not familiar with you as an everyday name. Could you tell us a little bit about some of your history and how you got involved and got into being a pro angler and and got to where you are, you know, in, in the past few months? You know, I started fishing at a, at a young age. I didn't come from parents that that, that fished, but, but I just had a big passion for it, you know, just from early age. And, uh, you know, luckily they kind of they saw that passion and they supported it. You know, I just started out as any kid fishing a lot of ponds. And Dad kind of made a deal with me. At the time, he bought a Bass Tracker V17 with a 40-horse 
on it, and he said, hey, I'll let you take that to college. If you promise to have A and B grades and you uh, make enough money, you have a job that would uh, allow me to pay the 30-month uh, storage fee for, you know, a dry dock storage fee. And uh, so I went to went to college in Oklahoma. I actually graduated high school up in Illinois. Uh, Dad kind of got transferred all over, but uh, I, the college I picked, I chose because it had a lake really close to it, which was Lake Texoma. And, uh, you know, all four years through school, I just fished as much as I possibly could, you know, just kind of self-taught and entered my first Bassmaster event in the fall of 97. And, uh, you know, made the elites back then. It was called the Top 150 in 2000. You know, that's 16 years ago. I've just been doing it ever since. You know, they don't they don't realize how tough it was early on. You know, I actually lived in my truck for over a year in a pop-up camper. And, uh, you know, I didn't have two pennies to rub together early in my career. But stuck with it, you know, and just here I am today just living, living a childhood dream. Very, yeah. very blessed and fortunate. Edwin, how did you hone the uh, – your techniques and and what type of fishing did you start off uh, a fisherman did you start off being in other words with you know what techniques did you use uh, to get you into the game you know i was a big admirer of denny brower i wanted to be a shallow power fisherman you know and i had success you know there in college doing that you know i won four or five boats in the amount of time i was going to college there off texoma but, you know, when I got into the Bassmasters, I started getting my teeth kicked in. So every technique that, that, that I was weak with, you know, in particular spinning rods, I would just, I'd go make myself fish with it or find somebody that was good at it and go fish with them. And, you know, I just tried to make everything a, a strong suit and not a weakness. So, you know, just, you know, being single and living in a truck, you know, I just kind of traveled the country fishing, you know, and, uh, I worked every odd and end job you can imagine, from mowing yards to to being a waiter at Golden Corral to a school bus driver going to school. And, uh, you know, I did whatever I could to make ends meet. You know, I was a Sears delivery boy for a while, and uh, the list goes on and on. But, uh, you know, I just I just always tried to make each thing, you know, stronger than the, than the last. You know, I'm here 16, 17 years later. I just I feel like I'm really good with my electronics. Well, Edwin, you know, for for every guy that's like you, there's a hundred guys trying to do the same thing. And and to the man with all the pro anglers we talk about, the young guy, they talk about the young guys are just being so good, and it's just getting tougher and tougher and tougher. What was that? That what happened in your career that all of a sudden took you from that that pool of the hundred other guys out there to how you're fishing today? Oh, just experience, time on the water. You know, just the more the more you fish, the more places you visit, just you get that big of a memory bank built up to draw on past experiences. And, and you know, there's nothing that, that you can substitute for experience. Well, this, uh, you know, now you're fishing the BASS Elite Series, and, uh, boy, you've got to be the, uh, the top crust to fish that. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts going into the 2015 uh, season. You know, I was excited about the season. Uh, you know, I had a kind of a, a mediocre season the year before, coming off of a really good season where I was, you know, in Angler of the Year contention the prior, you know, basically last three, prior three years, I think I finished second. And, 
you know, coming off season last year, I think I finished in the mid twenties. I just was frustrated with it, and and I wanted to have a really good season this year. And, and I started off at the Sabine, just had a horrible, horrible event at the Sabine. I was twenty something minutes late the second day and uh, lost my entire day's catch, and I finished like ninety fourth, which was just horrible. And uh, this kind of killed my season, you know, from the start. But uh, kind of slowly have climbed my way back out of it, and you know, we're sitting good now in fourth place, and. Uh, you know, we've been to some new, new, exciting places this year, and we've been to some places we've been, you know, been to numerous times. But um, you know, it's been a good season so far. Well, tell us, you know, the uh, your your real breakthrough this year came at uh, Kentucky Lake, and uh, what was happening there that uh, just uh, worked for you? You know, I had a really slow practice, but. Uh, you know, I was able to, to, to find a few groups of fish that, you know, I was able to have to myself, and that's the big key there, you know. I, I um, When I go and practice a place like that, I'll spend 95% of it behind the wheel of my nitro, not on the deck of my nitro, and, and I'm just studying those electronics, looking for schools of fish. And, uh, you know, I just I happen to have four or five schools that I was able to have to myself, and you know, I, I had uh, some history there. The last time I was there, I finished second. And, uh, you know, that spot still produced some big fish for me. I caught, you know, big bass three of the four days. And, um, you know, I was able to catch them on four or five different baits. I caught them on a Mega Bass Deep Six crankbait. Had it on 12-pound line. I caught them on a uh, uh, stand-up uh, stand head. You know, it's called an E2 Head Turner by Profound Outdoors with the Zoom Magnum Trick Worm on it. I caught him on a, uh, a hair jig. I caught him on a swim bait. I caught him on a spark shad swim bait on a lead head. And then I caught some up shallow too on a lighter lead head. But those were the main baits. And, uh, you know, just real fortunate to catch what I caught. You know, you mentioned your electronics. Tell us what electronics you're using and and how you used them to, to your benefit at Kentucky Lake. I've got four different units on my on my boat on my bow. I've got a uh, HDS nine, which is nine inch touchscreen Gen three, and an HDS twelve. Um, I've got one of those units working off the back transducer, looking side to side and down, uh, back on the transom of my boat. I've got the the twelve and a three panel split with map, and then down scan on the trolling motor and two D sonar on the on the trolling motor. Then back at the console, I've got two twelves. And the same thing, I've got one of them set up looking side to side and down, and then i got the other one set up, you know, as a map and, and 2D sonar. Wow. And so Kentucky Lake uh, worked out really well for you, and then now all of a sudden, you know, you're in contention for Angler of the Year, but were you looking at the next tournaments coming on up as maybe working against you because you're going after smallmouth or – do you feel comfortable from where you come from and from where you started fishing going after smallmouth? You know, where I came from, we didn't have smallmouth. So, no, it was just one of those things I self-taught. But, you know, I've had a lot of success. I've won Bassmaster event on Erie with all smallmouth before. So, uh, you know, I, I feel like I know how to catch them. And, you know, I was pretty excited going to St. Lawrence and, you know, having the classic birth made. I didn't have anything to lose. And, Went into the St. Lawrence and kind of did it completely different than I did when we were there two years prior. I, uh, you know, two years prior, I fished all deep, you know, 14 to 18, 20, 22 feet, drop shot, and and finished 25th 
had 18 pounds a day, just kind of a mediocre finish. This time I uh, I noticed some fish when I was there two years ago that were, you know, fairly big up shallow. This wasn't very many of them. And this time I attacked those shallow fish. Uh, you know, I just covered a ton, I mean, miles of water, and, and there wouldn't be very many of them, but they'd be a little bit bigger. Well, you know, tell us a little bit about uh, the St. Lawrence Seaway Lake Champlain because, you know, that's a body of water, truthfully, that a lot of us here in, in the southwest and southern California are, are not familiar with. Can you liken it to any other body of water that you fished in the Midwest or maybe out here in the west uh, in past years? You know, there's nothing else like it. Maybe, no, I can't even, uh, you know, there's a two to three mile an hour current on that St. Lawrence. In places, it's so current, you know, so much current, there's actually rapid, crystal, crystal clear water. You know, you can see 20, 25 feet down on a calm day, full of grass, um, just beautiful, beautiful place. Big, big river, wide, lots of islands. Uh, you know, it just drains all the Great Lakes out to the ocean, and uh, there's just always a current positions of fish. Great largemouth fishery there, too. You know, I, I've never fished for them, but, you know, there's a lot of guys that did really good this past time we were there catching largemouth. Well, take us through a little bit uh, about uh, fishing Lake Champlain, uh, uh, you know, how you did now, your I pre-fish. Didn't fish, I didn't fish Champlain. You're saying Champlain, and... Uh, you know, I haven't been on Champlain in years. It was the St. Lawrence Seaway. Okay, St. Lawrence Seaway, okay. And uh, t- tell us a little bit about how you pre-fished and then uh, how the uh, uh, the days of the tournament went for you. Um, you know, I spent daylight to dark every day of pre-fish, you know, just covering miles of water, and I'd mark fish. You know, I just would see one up shallow, and I'd mark him, and... Uh, you know, I was basically staying on those optimal batteries as hard as I could. I, I literally just going full blast like somebody would fight fish. Only these fish weren't spawning. They were just up shallow, kind of had a little home territory that they would feed from. And uh, didn't get very many bites in practice. You know, as I'd see those fish, I'd cast at them every now and then, but they wouldn't bite. But, you know, I was also going very fast and, you know, in, in turn, that's making quite a bit of noise. And, had like seven bites the first day, four the second, and seven the last, and uh, pretty nervous going into the tournament, not knowing if I'd catch a limit or not. And uh, you know, it turns out those fish that I found, if I'd stay back off of them, I could I could catch them. And and so th- that was your pre-fish, and then you know, did you feel at that time you go, my gosh, I've got uh, a multi-day event in front of me? Uh, did you feel confident enough that you had? enough fish to, to fish those days, or were you finding the duplicate? No. Oh, not on. at all. No, absolutely not. Uh, you know, I uh, first morning of practice, or first morning of the tournament, I had a little bit of deep, deeper spot. It was like 10, 12 feet, and I lost a four, four-and-a-half pounder right at the boat. Then the next one I snagged underneath the, uh, just right on the bottom of the jaw, an actual drop shot. And the and the and the law in St. Lawrence hook point has to be inside the mouth. So I had to let another four pounder go. And here I was, you know, twenty minutes into my day, I'm worried going into this tournament whether I can catch a limit or not. And I've done messed up two four and a half pounders <laughs> and uh, didn't get very many bites each day. But you know, I just was fortunate enough to get the right bites. I had twenty one pounds the first day and was somewhere in the top ten and. 
had like 22 pounds a second day and took over first and, and just never relinquished it. Wow. And, and, uh, that was it. Uh, uh, you know, Edwin, uh, uh, there's a few more questions I'd like to ask you, but we got to take a commercial break. Is there any way I know it's late where you're calling for us from? Cause you're, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, uh, what is, is it Virginia where you are or where are you right now? I'm, I'm actually in Maryland at the Chesapeake Bay. Yep. All right. Can we ask you to stay with us just a little bit longer and uh, ask you a couple more questions before we let you go? Yes, sir. Be, go- be glad to. All right. Hey, we are speaking with uh, Bass Angler extraordinaire Edward Evers. He's uh, probably the hottest ticket right now on the BASS Elite Series. More of Rod and Reel Radio to come. we got to take a commercial break right now. We'll be right back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks no matter what you're hauling or towing for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert now get special savings on every f-series truck in stock 150s 250s 350s at el cajon ford we have commercial trucks too including the all-new transit connect finally a commercial van with great mileage helping your business get moving again el cajon ford worth the short drive from anywhere in southern california broadway and east main and el cajon or online anytime anywhere at el Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has a new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619 466 8355. 
This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to BalloonFisherKing.com for further information. It's a big deal. You know, I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. Yes, indeed, and we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, we have us with us tonight a special guest. He is the hottest ticket on the BASS Elite Series fishing right now. Mr. Edwin Evers. Edwin, again, thank you very much for being with us. I know we're three time zones away, and you're busily pre-fishing for the next event coming up, and we appreciate you spending some time with us. Oh, thanks for having me. No big deal at all. Okay. You know, I want to go back to Kentucky Lake. You you know, it said you had had a slow start, and and boy, uh, you got to put those, those bad finishes behind you. What did the victory at Kentucky Lake mean to you, uh, you know, when when all was said and done? Well, it was a classic qualification, you know, by uh, winning that event. It was the only event all year being Bass Fest that it was a classic qualification. All right. That's great. (laughs) Holy mackerel. So you get an automatic berth into the, uh, the next Bassmaster Classic. Exactly. No matter where I finish, the you know the rest of the year. So, yep. That is huge, man. I didn't realize it. It was that because I know BASS had changed their format a little bit. That now you had to qualify on points, and it used to be that if you won one of the Elite Series uh, championships, you'd automatically qualify. So, congratulations on that. That has to be a big monkey off your back. Huge, yes. You know, and, and the classics right there at Grand, which is my hometown, you know, my home lake. So no, it's it's a it's a huge, huge deal for me. Well, now you're you're back to you know the St. Lawrence River, and uh, that uh, that had to be you know a little bit intimidating to you uh, because it was a smallmouth fishery, not something that you're that familiar with. But again. Going into that final day, tell us a little bit about your thoughts and your strategy and, and just what was going through your mind. Did you you really feel like you had a chance to take it? There at the St. Lawrence Seaway you're talking about? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, you know, I was still leading it, but I just came off a really light day. I had 16 pounds the third day, and I really felt like I needed to have you know, another 20 pounds the final day, 20, 21 pounds to have a chance to win it. And, um, you know, it was a, it was a grind. It was a pretty hard day. Um, you know, I went, I went through a lot of stuff. A lot of my fish were gone and, uh, you know, I just didn't have, it just wasn't going good. Then I found one little area there. I caught three real big ones and, um, you know, started turning around. Then I ended up losing like three real big ones, like five pounders, and I thought, man, I'm not going to win this tournament losing those three big ones. But uh, it ended up being enough, so, you know, I was super, super excited. You know, tell us about your mental discipline, too, when you do that, because you you know you're in the lead, but you've got a lot of big names just right behind you. You know 
they're great fishermen. They, you know, they can come up with a 20-pound sack just as easily as you can. And when you start losing some fish, you know, myself as a fisherman, I, I've got to, I probably have a tendency to start fishing faster or doing things uh, I don't do. That. How do you keep the mental discipline to, to, to keep, uh, you know, to, to keep on target and, and, and do the things that you know you can do to win? You know, I've been doing this a long time. I've been in position to win and, you know, didn't win. And and uh, just, you know, I think the longer you do anything, the more experience, the more uh, comfortable you feel with it all. So, uh, you know, I, I don't really know how to describe it, but, you know, once you won one and won two, then it's a whole lot easier winning three and four. But, you know, winning that first one's a really, really hard thing to do a lot of times for a lot of guys. Well, you know, you're, you're extremely modest because there was a, a, a threshold that you reached by winning this event that has never been done before, and, and tell us about that. Well, uh, I was the first one to win two back-to-back Bassmaster Elites, and uh, it's a pretty big deal. You know, we've been doing the Elite Trail now, I think, for 10 years, and, and nobody's ever done that, and... Uh, there's only a few people ahead of me as far as tournament wins. You know, I think Roland Martin, Kevin Van Dam, Rick Klun are the uh, the only three guys ahead of me as far as the number of tournament wins. When I, you know, now that I've reached ten, uh, there may be one other, one or two others there that I'm forgetting. But for the most part, that's that's the uh, it's a you know it's a pretty big milestone. I, it's, it's just I have to pinch myself to to really is it really true. I, I, I've got a bet. Not only that, that, with two tournament wins in the road, there's a another title that that you are after, and it's a coveted title, and that's Angler of the Year, and that automatically shot you into fourth fourth place. That has to make you feel good too. Oh, very fortunate. Yep, it's pretty exciting. Um, no, it's a great place to be. Just you know, got three more events, and I uh, look forward to giving it a whirl. Well, here's the. Here's the deal, and uh, I've asked this a lot of a lot of the tournament fishermen. You're on the road a lot, and uh, you're away from home a lot. And and I don't know how long you've been on the road, or when's the next time you plan to go home. You have to have someone really supportive behind you because you're you're a business in itself. Tell us a little bit about you know the business of uh, Edwin Evers. And, uh, you know, you know, lots of people, even today, have, you know, man, I wish I could be a bass pro and yada, 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 but they just don't see the, the, the other side of the travel, you know, just how many days away from home you are every year, the hours spent in the truck, and I'm not complaining. It's, it's an awesome, awesome uh, sport, but, you know, it's, it's a lot of time away from home. You know, it's close to 200 days a year minimum that you're gone from your family, and, uh you know, lots of appearances for sponsors, and, and that's a good thing, though. You want to have sponsors and places to go and, and people to see you. So um, it's just part of, the, part of the sport, part of the business. Um, I enjoy every, every part of it. And, and one great thing about it all, you get to meet lots of super, super cool, neat people and see parts of the country that you'd never see. Um, but I've got great friends all across this country that that's just I wouldn't have met if, if it had not been for bass fishing. Well, in between the events that you're fishing, you know, you're just not traveling around or, or you know, you're laying low on your on your heels. 
you're actually going out and doing other public events. And one of the events that you did, you just finished up, and boy, that seemed like that was really special. Tell us about it. You know, this year I was, um, I had an idea to try to give back, just try to, to do something. You know, I'm fortunate to be in a position that people would want to fish with me and against me. And uh, I did a, I, did, I hosted five different Wounded Warriors in Action. I called it the Healing Heroes Tour. And Optimus sponsored it along with a bunch of my other sponsors. And I basically took a Purple Heart recipient from the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation and they're all Purple Harbor recipients to be in the Wounded Warriors in action. And uh, I took one fishing uh, in conjunction with the elites this year. I took one fishing five different times. Uh, this past one was just, my fifth one was just the other day here on the Susquehanna River. I took a, a Wounded Warrior from um, uh, Wisconsin, Matthew Tennyson was his name. But I took way more from it this year, just being with those guys, just how humble they are, how much they gave to this country, and, and uh you know, they're not complaining about it. You know, they all of them lost part of their body in some way or another and been injured or this way or the other. And uh, uh, it's just awesome to be able to give something back to those guys, you know. And, 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 it, and to help raise money for them, I auctioned off an opportunity to fish against me and my Wounded Warrior as a tournament, just a, a head-to-head competition, my boat with my Wounded Warrior against somebody else. So, you know, we ended up raising a little over 12 $12,000 this year to, to give to the foundation, and, and, and in return, I gave all those guys that, that fished against me. They got a Lowrance Depth Finder, a Bass Pro gift cards. They got uh, Wiley X sunglasses, a, a Wild River tackle bag with solar panel charger. It's awesome, most awesome tackle bag you'll ever see. It's got a solar panel charger in it to charge your cell phone. They got Mega Bass lures, War Eagle Zoom lures. Uh, they even got some Antler King. Uh, uh, Final Feast, uh, a deer hunting product, one of my sponsors. So kind of covered the whole gamut there. They got just a little bit of everything for, you know, coming out and competing and, and being part of it. Wow, that, you know, Edwin, that's just tremendous. Instead of mouthing the fact that you support not only our troops, but uh, those wounded warriors, but with as busy as your schedule is and you trying to make a living and, and having to pre-fish and, do other events for your sponsors. Uh, you have time to go out and do something like this. Uh, you are uh, definitely to be congratulated on that, and just keep up the good work. I, I've got a feeling because we've done a lot of projects here with Wounded Warriors in, in Southern California that, you know, yep, yeah, yeah, you're you're paying your dues, but you get a lot back in return. I do. It's uh, it's just. Uh, you know, just to be with those guys is amazing, just to hear their stories and, and the, the difference it makes, you know. If some of those guys go out there and start fishing, you know, because of this, to get their minds off some of the troubles they've been through, it's all worth it. Right. Well, hey, I want to go on, you know, it was funny when I was scanning and, and seeing some of the things that you're doing and where you've been and everything like that, and I, I ran into this last year and I thought, ah, guys were supporting you on it and talking about it. You actually run, or someone in your life runs another business that's completely outside of fishing that sounds simply <laughs> delicious. Tell us about it. I, uh, about seven years ago, I invested in a pecan orchard. I bought one. And uh, I'm one of those guys, when I'm home, I just have to be doing something, and I have to be outside. I can't, I can't be doing anything inside, and I just... I have a pecan orchard. I've got 476 mature trees. I've got over 1,000 
about 15 tall, 15 foot tall trees that are all irrigated. I got another uh, 1,400 trees that are about seven foot tall and that'll be producing here shortly. And uh, I've just got a pecan orchard. It's edwineverspecans.com. Right now, I actually have a 25% sale going on all my flavored pecans. Uh, just in lieu of my two tournament wins to kind of celebrate that. But uh, that'll be going on through this week, and that's going to end. But there's just nothing more beautiful than a pecan orchard. I love to hunt. I love to deer hunt, turkey hunt. I love to duck hunt. And all those things can, ha- you know, happen there at the pecan orchard. And, and, you know, to get home and get on a tractor and, and mow or spray or, you know, just work on my trees just is kind of my escape from bass fishing. And, you know, I think it's going to be a good retirement for me someday. I think it's going to be something I can pass on to my kids and, uh, you know, hopefully spend some quality time with them working out there as they grow older. Wow. Now, have you come up with all the different recipes uh, for the pecans or uh, are you con- Oh, working? yeah. Oh, yeah. Me and my wife, I'm not, I don't want to take all the credit. My wife's a huge part <laughs> of it. But, uh, you know, we partnered with a, a company that does that. And, and uh, we've got really, really, really good pecans. That's what's special about that part of Oklahoma that I live. It's called Green Country. And uh, the northeast corner of it, it's just because of all the rain, and, and, and there's just a special oil content that, that gives the pecans flavor in that part of Oklahoma that buyers from all over the United States want pecans from that part of the Oklahoma, the big buyers, the ones that sell them and send them out. And, you know, I dare people to try them. They're really, really good. Now's a, a, not a better time to try them with the, with the sale I got going on. Well, where can we find out about them, Edward? Because I, I, when I'm good. I'm going to get online, and I'm going to find out about them and, and get in order with you because I love pecans, but where can we find out about them? Just go to edwineverspecans.com. All right. Put, 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 put pecans at the end of my name. There's also a link on my website, my, my fishing website. I've, I've got a Facebook page for both of them, and uh, um, it's exciting. It's just uh, it's really, really neat. And tell me, what's what's your favorite selection in what in what you offer? What what do you like? Oh, you know, I was really stuck on, you know, if I'm going to be unhealthy, I'm going to eat the milk chocolate ones. Those are phenomenal, <laughs> dark chocolate. Then I got onto the honey roasted, and then here lately it's been the jalapeno. I just love the jalapeno. They're not too hot. It's just a good jalapeno kick to them, and. Uh, the cinnamon, the cinnamon are to die for. Uh, Jason, I stay with Jason, and, and uh, he always asks me to bring cinnamons. He loves the cinnamon, so All there's right. some good ones. Hey, you know, you can't be in this business without great sponsors. And in the couple of minutes we have left with you, tell us about your sponsors. You know, I'm fortunate and blessed to be with the best. You know, I've got Bass Pro Shops, Nitro Boats, you know, just one of the biggest companies out there and, and just their family you know i just there's so many people there in, in in that in that business in the in that that operate that place and i just they've been there a long time and i just consider each and every one of them family same thing with optimum you know, i'm just fortunate every every sponsor i've had for the most part i've had for 15 16 years you know optimum batteries i ran my first set in 2000 and uh, i couldn't do it without optimum batteries i've been with wiley x since since the early 2000s, um, you know, I had a little stint there where they got out of fishing, but, you know, we've been back together ever since, and um, they make a great, great pair of glasses. The only glasses out there that will take a 650-millimeter projectile, uh, or 17-millimeter projectile, 650 feet per second. Think about that. 
Wow. And shoot it at those lenses, and it won't break. So you think about a worm weight coming back, you know, and if it hits your glasses, it's not going to shatter and injure your eyes. But, uh, you know, Lorance Electronics, it's just the life, life, lifeline of, of, of what I do. Um, you know, I've got Mega Bass and Zoom, two of the best bait companies, War Eagle, you know, the best spinner bait company out there. So I'm just fortunate to have some of the best sponsors, Wild River. They make the most coolest tackle bags with lights in them, solar panel chargers. You know, I do a lot of float fishing when I'm back home with my son and a backpack. They make a backpack uh, tackle bag that's just, it's top of the line stuff. But uh, I'm fortunate to have some of the best sponsors. Well, you know, we we have a huge tournament coming up in September here on Lake B that is sponsored by uh, uh, Nitro and Bass Pro Shops. So I hope we get a chance to see you come on out here and fish Lake Mead and, and compete with the guys here uh, because I know our Southern California and Southwest guys would love to see you cherry on. Well, that'd be great. I'd love to do it. There's some great people out in California. You guys got some of the absolute best fishing in the world, but uh, I appreciate the invitation. All right. Edwin Evers, Edwin, we wish you the best. You know, you've got two in a row going, three in a row. Man, it, that would be absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Give you a good position for Angler of the Year, and what a way to go into the Bassmaster Classic. That, it's going to be a great year for you, and I can't thank you enough for being with us, sir. Thank you so much for having me. I sure appreciate it, John. Thank you All so right. much. The best to you, and, and you tell your wife, uh, yeah, if I well, no, I'm running a tournament Monday and Tuesday for uh, Ford. So Wednesday, I'm going to try and get on the line and get some of those pecans before that sale. All right, over. I, hey. all right, I'll be looking for you. Thank hey, you. thanks a lot, Edwin Evers. He's fishing the Bassmaster Elite Series. He's the hottest guy on the trail right now. Want to thank him for being with us all the way from Maryland, fishing the Chesapeake Bay right now for his next event. Hey, we got to take a break right now, so coming up next, it's the Southern California Inshore Report with Captain James Nelson. Stay tuned. More Rod Real Radio to come after these messages. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy lines, Pro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. 
Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. My Angler H2O, I will scent my lure with pride and hope my boss doesn't notice the tan. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed sunken boats and outlast the hard-fighting largemouth bass. I will save water at home for better fishing out here and always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. And we do again want to welcome you back to our Rod and Reel Radio. What a great time to be living in Southern California and be fishing our local, not only inshore waters, but also offshore waters. And who better to give us a little idea of what's happening is a fish icon himself, Captain James Nelson. Captain James, welcome to the show. How's it going? Well, thanks for having me, John. It's going great. How about yourself? Hey, I am doing well. We we just spent today at the team meeting for the El Cajon Ford San Diego team open. We have... 54 of the best teams in Southern California that showed up, and they're going to be blasting off on both Lake El Capitan and Lake Otay tomorrow morning, starting a little after 6:01 a.m. So I couldn't be ha- I couldn't be better. Sounds great. Sounds like a blast. It is. It is. You know. Hey, I saw though. You know, a lot of times we talk about you fishing the inshore waters, but. I noticed you had some greenbacks on uh, over this past week, so maybe you can give us a little idea how one of these lakes that these guys fishing the Elko and Ford team open uh, are fishing, uh, what you found happening there. Well, I'm sure those guys have found it a lot better. <laughs> you know, what we're finding, of course, that there's there's wolf packs out there to be had. If you get on the, the right set of fish, I mean, you, you'll have no problem uh, ranking highly. Where were you uh, fishing, you, James? You catch fish all day long. Um, I think recently we've had folks out at El Cap spend the most of, you know, freshwater stuff that we've been doing, just based on the days that the lakes are open. All right. And, you know, you were you were taking uh, your clients out there, and, you know, sometimes your clients aren't at the same proficiency as some of these people uh, uh, we're uh, talking about that are fishing the team opens, even though it's an open and anybody's welcome there. Uh, uh, when you get on a body of water like that, uh, you know, how do you how do you approach it, uh, especially with people that may not be as familiar with freshwater fishing as as you may like them to be? Well, that that's a great question, you know, and that's where we get a we get away with doing things that you can't do in tournaments. Um, and it's kind of funny because we could apply some of the stuff that we do in saltwater to that effect. Uh, uh, for instance, I mean, we could troll. You know, in tournaments, just trolling is not allowed. I know some guys kind of kind of get away with it a little bit, calling it strolling by doing like a, a slow troll with either a split shot or a drop shot. Mm-hmm. They'll kind of bump the trolling motor a little bit and stop and bump the trolling motor. And they, 
and you can get away with that in a lot of times. Most most guys in tournaments, you know, we're all doing it, so to speak. But uh, but actually trolling a lure with the motor running and having some rods in the rod holders half bent from the weight of the lure that you can't do in tournaments. And you could do that as a as a weekend warrior, just go out there and have fun, and you could catch fish like crazy doing that right now. And so I guess it's kind of a shame you can't do it in tournaments because just go out there with some buddies and troll around our lakes right now, and there's no problem catching fish. And also using bait. I mean, we use shiners uh, at times, and either just fly line a shiner out there or put a split shot about 18 to 24 inches in front of it. And, again, you could drag that with the with the trolling motor or the big motor if you wanted to or just, you know, throw it to a spot and hope that he finds his way to a fish. You know, Jim, that, that's a good point uh, because – a lot of times here on uh, Ron Real Radio and a lot of the other shows, we're talking about the tournament angler, and we just had Edwin Evers on, and he's uh, just won a, the, the, uh, two Bassmaster Elite events in the uh, in a row, and it, he is the first one in Bassmaster history to win two Elite events in a row. Really difficult, but those guys are cream of, uh, of the crop, and and the 99 and 9 tenths percent of the rest of us are fun fishermen. We like to have, go out and have a, a great time. You mentioned using live bait, especially shiners. And uh, tell us, when you have a shiner, tell us how you rig that thing so that it'll work in, in catching bass or catfish or whatever it is you're after. Oh, that, that's a good question. Yeah, you know, the my favorite way is on anywhere from 8 to 12-pound tests. You don't have to go super light with shiners because for whatever reason, when it comes to the light bait, they're willing to hit a little heavier line. So we can go at up to a 12-pound test if you want to, and I highly suggest it if you're fishing back in the junk. But um, I'll use the smallest hook I can get away with, and usually I'm using a mosquito hook because it does still have a big bite, but yet it could be small and it's thin and it doesn't hurt the bait. Most of the time at, at our, our shops around town, we're getting medium shiners, uh, there's not a lot of large going around, and sometimes they even sell the medium, and you got to use the little bitty guys, the little crappie shiners. And those will still catch bass, but you got to really take care of them, and a really small, thin hook does that. And, uh, you know, feel free to throw it on a bait caster, but I find it stays alive a lot longer on a, on a spinning rod because you can just bring it in and throw it out there without putting too much pressure on the on the bait fish. Now, when you're hooking these up, where do you hook it up? I know, like, when I've got a big old sardine and I think the fish are down deep, I'll, I'll take an anal hook it. And uh, uh, I, I, I can't necessarily see you anal hooking uh, a shiner. No, it's not a good idea. <laughs> Pretty much fall right off for you. Uh, the best bet is through the nose. And unlike a sardine where we go sideways through the nose, I usually come up from the bottom jaw and get the whole thing. Uh, it, and that's not to say that I've got the, the best way. There are other ways to do it. Some guys will do the collar hook like you would with a small anchovy, and for that you're coming right through the top part of the gill up through the back of his head, so to speak. So it, it's just on. It's exactly what you would think of it, is if they had a collar, that's where it would be. And um, that's, that's another good way. The difference on that one is you can't really drag it. So if you were to, to drag the bait, your best bet is through the nose rather than collar hook. But if you want them to, if you're tossing towards the edge of a tree or a weed line, that collar hooking is really good. Great. Well, hey, now uh, tell us what's been happening in our bays in the immediate offshore area because I, I, I've i been seeing pictures of you and your clients with just 
some great fish. This is this has been a pretty good week of fishing for you. This has been a fantastic week, especially if you want big yellowtail. You know, for guys who don't like to catch big yellowtail, you know, you uh, might want to go grab a soda and come back. But <laughs> for the for for the other ninety eight point nine percent of us. <laughs> Right now, we've got some huge yellowtail. We've got some yellowtail, John, that we haven't seen yet because they're actually breaking 40- and 50-pound tests. Like, they just own the place. And, and that's what we're doing. We're actually going, I've got 50-pound uh, eyes or braid going on the main line, and with a very short, and this is where sometimes we make a mistake because we make the leader too long, but a very short fluorocarbon leader and just a 40-pound, even 50-pound fluorocarbon leader but about 14 inches is all you want. And the reason being is right now we're getting the bigger yellowtail between 65 and 75 feet on the rocks and the kelp, the big bull kelp. And if you get them on that big bull kelp and you've got a very short leader, that braid will slice through that kelp for you. And we've seen them just, just dig in and dig in. And you just keep pulling and pumping, and you'll start seeing kelp floating up. And then before you know it, your fish comes out. <laughs> wow! Hey, if you uh, uh, if you're taking and uh, tying that leader uh, to uh, floor uh, to the uh, braid, uh, what uh, what knot is uh, are you using on that? I like a uni uni. I know there are a lot of other knots out there, and I've tried them, and I haven't got them down yet. But uh, there are guys that tie some really good knots out there. So whatever you feel comfortable with is fine. But I'm tying a double uni. It's I could just throw it together. I, I tie uni for everything. So to me, a uni knot just comes naturally. You know, you uh, you were telling us uh, that you're fishing in the kelp. Uh, uh, you using live bait, or are there a combination of things that you're using that have been effective? It's it's mostly the, the bait right now. There's uh, we have been throwing. Uh, Dropping mega bait spoons, but we've been getting more bass, and we do get some barracuda on that. And same with the other hard baits, whether it's be the jerk baits that we're throwing or the uh, or some of the irons. You know, I've thrown some of those Cedros irons that look really cool at Phoenix Mix, and you know they look good coming through the water. And we're catching barracuda, and we're catching just a little bit of everything, uh, even some calicos on all those hard baits. But for whatever reason, the yellowtail in that area that we've been fishing. Uh, you really want a nice, fresh, lively sardine. And, again, it's it's good for the guy who doesn't know how to cast an iron back and forth or doesn't want to do that. You know, it does wear your arm out after a while. But for the guys who just want to take it easy and let the bait do the job, that's, I mean, the sardines we're getting from Everingham right now are just so big and healthy, and that's what they want. You know, it, it obviously the, the highlight of uh, the Southern California season out here, I mean, it's yellowtail, tuna, bluefin, Dorado coming in, but it, we still have some darn good bay fishing for those people that want to target that resource. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we've getting still getting leopard sharks, still getting the the big rays. We've been seeing a lot of butterfly rays, as well as the bat rays, and you know just uh, big guitar fish. Had a kid get a really big one the other day, and uh, I was all on the same day. We did a full day trip. Here's what we did: we went out. And uh, in the Point Loma Kelp area, and got yellowtail and barracuda. Came in, had lunch over there at Pizza Nova, over there off uh, Scott Street. So we, you could actually dock up there, and that was really cool. So we docked up, had our had our lunch, and then 
went out of that basin a little bit and started chumming up for the sharkies and got leopard shark, got guitarfish, got rays. We had one ray pulled dad way out in the middle of the channel before we finally got it to the boat. It was great. Wow. And and then and even then for those people that are going after uh sand bass, spotted bay bass, uh how's that uh, uh fishery doing? The bay bass have been great. I haven't been uh, targeting the sand bass that much, but uh Guys that I know that are out there that are doing it are catching them, but uh, we haven't been targeting them that much, so we haven't seen them. But uh, the bay bass, again, the the deeper ledges are still holding them as well as uh, on the shallow grassy stuff. So you just get out there and you'll get them. So you're finding even though uh, we're having really warm water, especially in the back bays and everything like that, that they're still in those shallows or... Do you, as you said, are you finding them more predominantly in deeper water and, and deeper drop-offs? We're getting them more on the cuts than anything, John. But, you know, it's, again, just watch this system. You'll see birds diving, and if it's 12 feet underneath those birds, I guess there's still fish there. So I guess they're, you know, they're like in the shallows, even though the shallows are 81 degrees the other day in the back end wow. of the bay. I mean, yeah, I was ready to jump in. <laughs> I can imagine. Hey, you know, you know, and it, it seemed like uh, for the past few months we've uh, had a lot of other species that have been you know, in the bay. We've been catching board corvina. There's been halibut. Uh, uh, it, have you just not been targeting that, or has that seemed to wane off a little bit? Well, it could be a little bit of both. I mean, yeah, we really haven't been. It's not. Um, it's not necessarily historically or. Almanac-wise, it's not halibut season per se, so it's just not on people's minds. Most folk, when it comes to something that they're going to want to take home and grill up, right now we got all the yellowtail, so that's just been uh, it, that's been on everybody's mind. That, and of course, the tuna and dorado that everybody wants to go offshore. So when, when, when you got the distraction, other distractions, there's some fish that get neglected. And again, it's just like the sand bass. I'm sure they're biting for guys who are going after them. Wow. So. If this coming week, if uh, someone comes up to you and say, hey, Captain James, I want to go out with what you want to do. We're going we're gonna to go out for a full day. Where would you be headed right now, do you think? Well, that's a great question, John. You know, I, and that's probably why I don't put it that way. I let the customer pretty much decide. I mean, if, <laughs> you know, if, if they just want their rods to get bent, I'd, boy, San Diego Bay, you can't beat it. You are going to have your rod bent most of the time. If you don't mind working at it, uh, again, those those big yellowtail, they're there. Uh, they take a little bit more work. What's fun is you've got the uh, big barracuda as a bycatch while you're waiting. But if you really want to work at it, and if you're willing to drive around until you find that magic paddy or that, that magic drift line that's just full of fish, you know, this offshore, we, what can you say? I mean, as much as I love the inshore stuff, much like, you know, staying close to home, Look at what's going on out there. I mean, this this is the time to do it. If you're going to do it, the water's beautiful. Get out there and do it. All right. Well, Captain James, I know uh, last July you spent 26 days on the water, and I know August has uh, really taken off real well for you. But if people want to get a hold of you, find out how to fish, where to fish, uh, uh, where where they can go with you. Uh, how's the best way to do it? Well, they could reach me online at. TheFishIcon.com is the website, TheFishIcon.com, or give me a call, 619-395-0799. Well, Captain James, I'm looking forward to the next time we go fishing. I know we've got uh, a date set up in uh, September, but you know what? 
uh, I hate making reservations or making plans so far ahead when we should be fishing two or three times between that. So my advice to everyone, go fishing when you can, but don't keep on wishing your life away, wishing that hey, uh, some date in September or October or whatever it is is going to be coming up. You should be right now going out as often as you can, but, boy, it's worthwhile. Amen. All right. Captain James, the fish icon. Captain James, you have a very successful week. We'll probably be talking to you during the week itself, and we look forward to hearing from you next week on Rod and Reel Radio. Thanks for being with us, sir. Absolutely. Thank you, John. Take care. All right. Hey, that's it for the first hour of Rod and Reel Radio. It's been exciting, but we still have a lot more Rod and Reel Radio to come, hopefully with uh, Captain Bill Wilkerson, uh, Ray Summers, and always... Some words from Phil Friedman. Stay tuned. More to come after these messages. We'll be right back. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long Long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. My Angler H2O. I will never use that fakey fluorescent pink bait or drag my hula popper through the mud. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed stumps, rocks, and submerged station wagons and outsmart the ravenous river otter. I will save water by taking shorter showers for higher lakes, and I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum. 
We are performance tuned. You can get your quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or Anglers Arsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. And we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio. Well, you know, we can't ignore the elephant in the room. This has been absolutely one of the most outstanding saltwater seasons that we've seen off our Southern California coast in uh, recent memory. You know, but it, it always used to be that, hey, you know, you have to go out on uh, an overnight trip, uh, day and a half, two-day trip or anything like that to get where the fish are. But And when it comes to the three-quarter-day boats and everything, they've kind of been the uh, the red-haired, freckled-faced kids of the group when it comes to really getting in on the action on the Pelagians. And here's a guy that I know that's really going to take uh, – uh, uh, give me an argument on this. He is the owner-operator of the Malahini out of H&M Landing. He runs the three-quarter day boat. And Captain Bill Wilkerson, it has been epic. Tell us about it. Hey, John. How you guys doing? That's kind of funny, redhead stepchild. <laughs> I got a kick out of that. Hey, uh, this has been pretty good. You know I mean? It, it's up and down. It's up and down. It looks like things are on an upswing here. You know, every, everybody from the overnight suite to the three-quarter day guys is doing are doing pretty decent on the uh, yellowfin and bluefin. When we fish U.S. waters, we are targeting bluefin tuna. We're fishing in the Mexico, you know, because of the closure on bluefin in Mexico. We don't we, we fish for yellowtail, dorado, and yellowfin tuna like that. Well, yeah, so tell us on a... On a typical tie, a trip on the Malahini, uh, the gear that the guy should be bringing, and then how, what, what fishing techniques will they be employing to go after the fish that you guys are targeting, Bill? Oh, most of the fish that we've been catching here of late have been on uh, sardines. Yeah, uh, it probably would be a little better for us if we were to have some small bait, but uh, the bait receivers haven't been, haven't been able to make that stuff for us, so. We've been using a starting uh, the flat ball jig bites pretty decently. With the starting, basically, you're going to use a split shot, not a split shot, but a sliding eight sinker anywhere from a half ounce to a three quarter ounce, you know, to get you down and away. The sardines are big enough to where you don't really need a, a sliding sinker at all. But you know, I mean, it, it seems to work pretty well. The flat ball, the flat ball jig was getting big, was getting bit pretty decently uh, last week, along with uh, get the fish up and up and about on the surface, splashing around. Throw a, a popper at them, believe it or not. And they jump on the popper too. That's pretty exciting. Well, you know, to start off in the morning, uh, obviously the uh, the three quarter day boat. Uh, doesn't leave quite as uh, early as the overnight boats uh, or anything like that. Do you start? How do you start off looking and trying to find these fish, Bill? Uh, we get to an area where we fished the day before, or we saw fish the day before, or things like that. Basic paddy hopping, if you will, or kelp paddy fishing. We were fishing down south, uh, looking for sonar schools, uh, looking for kelp, looking for birds, seeing what you know what type of life or activity there is in the area that we want to fish once we find the activity we get to work so if people are 
getting set to go on the three-quarter day trip, what kind of gear should they be bringing, Bill? Uh, they suggest it's set up. I, I bring three three rigs, one 120-pound, 20, one 130-pound, one 150-pound, or 40 to 50-pound. Uh, for the 20-pound, basically it's a bait stick for the fish that are line shy. But if they start to chew, you'll know instantly. you put the 20-pound away because chances are if you hook into something – of substantial weight, you're probably going to lose that fish. Uh, the 30-pound, 6-8-foot rod, 40-pound, uh, I, I, I use 40-pound for uh, poppers, flat ball jigs, and things like that. Well, now for the poppers, you know, a couple of weeks ago we had Steve Carson on, and he was telling us uh, we were talking about using spinning gear for the poppers. Is that something you see a lot of fishermen using more of now, or, or are they still uh, throwing those poppers on bait casters? Uh, some, I, I know of one guy that fishes a spinning reel straight braid with a popper, and it seems to work pretty well for him. Wow. Other than that, I, that's the only person I've seen. Now, for the poppers, are, are you using this for all species, or do you find that there is a particular species when you get into them that, that really like to get on that popper? Everything except for Dorado. That okay. makes sense. Anything except for Dorado. I mean, once you get the once you get the yellowfin and bluefin up splashing around on the surface, you'll cast the, the popper out as far as you can get away from the boat and basically pop it back to the boat and watch the fish explode on them just like a bass. Wow. And and from your recent experiences on the Malahini, uh, is there a, a reasonable expectation that maybe you will be running into Dorado? Uh, when we're fishing down south, yeah. You know, we've had several we've had several days in a row where we've had twenty to thirty five Dorado, you know, each trip. So I would say it's I'm not gonna say it's it's an expectation, but yeah, it's possible. And they're there. And and how you know, what are guys fishing on these Dorado when they bite? Uh sardines, basically. They're, they're, they're not attracted to any of the poppers or any of the uh, surface lures or the flat ball jigs, anything like that. Basically, you'll, you'll fly line a sardine away from the boat, get it up next to the kelp or outside the kelp. Most of the fish that we've been catching have not been kelp-related. They've been off the kelp, so we'll find a kelp patty. We'll set up on it. We'll slide off of it maybe, I don't know, 25, 30 yards from the kelp. You'll start to see fish, and then it's game on. Wow, we're speaking with Captain Bill Workelson from the three-quarter day boat out of H&M Landing, the Malahini. We're talking about some of the great fishing they've been experiencing. Bill, one of the uh, uh, techniques that you talked about was was one that, I don't know, a lot of guys don't think about because of just the heavy weight. You're talking about fishing a three- or four-ounce slip sinker to get that uh, sardine down because some of those sardines are, are really stallions. Are you pegging that at all or are you uh, leaving that uh, that uh, egg sinker or sliding sinker uh, you know, loose on the line? I just leave it loose on the line. Uh, another another setup that I use, I use a four-ounce torpedo weight. Line tied to the top line and hook tied to the bottom, pin the sardine on and slowly let it down as it starts to descend, you'll get bit. Wow. And, you know, especially uh, on the three-quarter-day boats, I know you've been having, you know, great 
customer uh, uh, participation, uh, uh, the people on the boat. Uh, are there areas on the boat for those uh, uh, anglers that want to throw iron and stuff where they can throw it and that those uh, customers that want to fly line or do a dropper loop or whatever it is where they can too? Is, is that, uh, 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 are those opportunities available? We allow our passengers on the boat, they want to throw any type of presentation artificially, lure, yo-yo, iron, whatever it is, they have to stay forward of the bait tanks. Anything after the bait takes toward the stern is strictly for uh, live bait use pretty much. Now, you, you keep in mind, when we are fishing offshore, we're drifting, so every, the whole side of the boat will be used for uh, baits and everything else. But if you're going to throw a jig or a lure or anything like that, you have to stay forward of our bait tanks. Okay. And when they're drifting, you know, there's a, there's a, 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 a ritual that fishermen call called the tuna shuffle. And is that something that's uh, put into practice uh, on the Malahini when you're drifting like that? Uh, most definitely, because the Malahini drifts bow first, believe it or not. It does not drift stern first, so you're at an angle. You just keep following your lines. No angle, no tangle. Oh, that's for sure. And and that's why you recommend, uh, I would imagine, uh, uh, you know, what type of line is preferred when you come out on the, on the Malheny and you're fishing, um, you know, monofilaments and copolymers as opposed to uh, uh, spectras, I would imagine? No, we don't really have a preference. I mean, as long as the person knows what that person's doing, you know, follow your fish up and under, over and around, or however you need to do in order to make sure you get free of the tangle. You know, we have we have no problem on the boat, you know, uh, cutting the line if it's interfering with the fish. Yeah, because I guess the uh, the cardinal rule, and, and I even forget it sometimes because you get to talking or you get, the, you know, in between bites, you start spacing out a little bit or whatever it is, but it's to stay in front of your line and then when you get hooked up stay in front of your line and stay in front of your fish and follow that wherever it goes exactly exactly i mean it it doesn't make any we we give a seminar every morning about 25 minutes prior to us getting to our first stop to give our anglers a complete rundown of what happened yesterday what we expect to happen today and this is how you need to do what you need to do to achieve you hooking and landing a fish well, you know, it seems to work. You know, and I've got to give kudos to your crew. Uh, I had a gentleman in the store here last week, and we had to start off with how to hold the rod, how to uh, put the uh, the reel in gear. What do you feel like when you're bit? And I'm sure your guys are doing that all the time. But we got to tell the fishermen: don't feel intimidated to come out because you're. You know, you're just one of a bunch of guys during the course of the season that's going to be like that. And your crew's out there to help them, to show them these, the methods of fishing so that it can enhance the uh, the enjoyment of their experience. You know, John, it's, it's, it's kind of strange you mention that. I would rather, in a fishing situation, deal with a novice angler as opposed to someone that knows what they're doing. Because they forget to do things, like follow your line, like you were saying, you know. Like, you cannot you cannot have cement feet when you're fishing tuna. It just doesn't work. Give me a uh, straight rent rod charter or something like that, 
and they listen to what uh, to, to what the crew and I are saying. Ninety percent of the time, we come back with a lot of fish. Right, and the three quarter day boat too, excellent time, especially if the kids are off from school. That you don't want to subject them to an overnight or uh, an extended trip because you don't know how they're going to take to it. Three quarter day trip is really the way to go and get them started. You know, I I, I look at it like this. The half-day boat, people fish the half-day boat to get the experience to fish a three-quarter day boat. Once they've got the experience to fish a three-quarter day boat and they're fished a three-quarter day boat, they want to try something different. They do an overnight trip. Once they do an overnight trip, they do a two-day, three-day, five-day, so forth and so on, you know, depending on what their budget can allow in that respect. So, yeah, I enjoy, I, I really enjoy, you know, talking to parents and kids and hanging out with them while, while I'm running the boat. It's a lot of fun. You know, if you were to just think back, uh, Bill, to uh, any customer that you've had uh, with the season going, it is, if you pick out one individual, do you have an individual that's been with you so many times you just scratch your head and you're going, man, we're halfway through the season, and they might be doubling the amount of time that they've spent with us? We have quite a few regulars. You know, and to name them all by name, I couldn't do that. Sure. <laughs> we have, we probably have in a season, I, I know there's two guys that fish with us at least two or three times a week. Oh, my gosh. Just that since is... I'm out to go fish. Man. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's to catch fish most of the time. I think it's because of the customer service and the relationships that they've made with, with our crew members and stuff like that. Wow. Bill, that's cool, exciting. Right? Yeah, you anticipate uh, this season staying the way it is, uh, that these pelagics and uh, fish that you've been catching, they're going to be with us for a little while? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to speculate on that. I'm hoping that they'll be around for the first, second, third, fourth week till December 25th, okay? It, <laughs> it, that, would be my, that would be my expectation. But is that reality? No, I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. We, we get another month and a half out of this, I, I'm satisfied. Wow, that'll be great. If uh, people want to see what the schedule of the Malahini is, uh, find out more information about the boat and the amenities, how's the best way to go about doing that, Bill? Oh, there's two. Actually, there's two ways you can do it. You can go to malahinisportfishing.com, which is the boat's website, and there is an online booking tab. You can click on that to make a reservation. You can go to our Facebook page, Malahini Sports Fishing. And check out the latest, greatest of what's been happening on the boat. And uh, you can also click the Book Now tab there. Or you can call the H&M Landing office at 619-222-1144 or go to their website and make your reservation that way. All right. The boat, yeah. leaves, the dock at, the, the boat leaves the dock at 530 in the morning. Uh, we get back anywhere between, I'm going to say, 6 and six, six and 7 p.m. It's a great trip. It's a lot it's- of fun. It is. It's economical. And right now, the way uh, you're fishing and, and the catch that you're bringing home, boy, you're going to be bringing home a lot of good things to eat if you so choose to that. Exactly. You know, fishing's fishing. We, All right. we sell customer service and a positive attitude. Well, I tell you, Bill, it comes through the radio when you're talking about it. And just congratulations on having a great season. We look forward to it continuing and i appreciate you taking some of your sunday night to be with us on ron real radio because i know you're turning this thing around and 
it almost seems like it's as soon as you come in, you're going out again. But that's what you're in this business for, and, and it seems like you're loving it. Thank you for being with us. Hey, John, it was a pleasure talking with you and your you and your listeners. I hope to see you guys next Sunday. All right. Look forward to seeing you on the water, sir. Thank you again. Hey, that's it. Hey, stay tuned. There's more Rod and Reel Radio to come scheduled to come up next. We're going to be talking with Phil Friedman and find out what the heck he's been thinking. It's been a little while since we heard from Phil. He's got a lot to fill us in on. We'll be right back after these messages. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey, everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here and it's time to go on the Chief. For those who are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook. Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always.
always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. And Southern California, welcome back to Rod Real Radio. Man, this is one of the funnest parts of the show that I get to do. We get to figure out what the heck is Phil thinking. And with us now is the voice himself from PFO Radio, Phil Friedman. Phil, welcome to the show. Welcome back. Hey, John, it's great to be with you. How are you? Oh, man, it is great. It's good to hear your voice. You have not let any moss grow on your north side since we talked to you last. What's been happening to you? Oh, my God. I tell you, it has been an incredible couple of weeks for me. We were down in Laredo at a beautiful lodge hotel, Villas del Palmar. John, you've got to go check that out. Such a lovely place with such great people right on the water so you can go fishing. Let me give you an example. We were at a beach party down there at Villas del Palmar, and it was nighttime, and we were sitting there, and it was not a formal affair, but it was really nothing lovely. It was very nice. Well done. The food was great. The people were wonderful. When Joaquin Espinosa, the co-host from our Spanish radio show, said, look, gringo, look. And I looked behind me, and all this bait is crashing on the beach, and there's fish chasing it up on the beach. Joaquin and I just jumped up from the dinner table. We didn't excuse ourselves or anything. We just ran ran down there with our video cameras, and I was yelling at him, don't you have a rod? Come on, man. And so... I, I was a first for me in Baja, sitting there at dinner and being interrupted by a big school of fish that came up and pushed its way into our dinner, but really great. And, and John, of course, what is going on up here in this neck of the woods right now is mind-boggling, isn't it? It is remarkable. Let's, let's talk about the tuna situation up here in the L.A. Orange County area. I know you've got San Diego pretty well covered, and a lot of those guys are coming out and hanging a riot anyway and coming up into this neck of the woods. There's an area of bluefin tuna that has been biting so well the last several days, and it bit again today. Several boats, Toronado limits of bluefin, eclipse limits of bluefin, freedom of the huge day. Many other boats, a dozen boats with a bunch of this bluefin. There's a few smaller fish starting to poke their nose in here, 10, 12-pounders. But it seems like the majority still 20 to 40 pounds with some 60, 70-pounders, 160-pounder on the new low end, so there's still some of that stuff. And talking to Don Ashley, just a moment ago before I came on air, John, John uh, Donnie was saying, you know, Bill, I, I don't think we've seen it this good for 80 years. And I didn't realize Donnie was 80. I thought he was more like 90. But he's, he's a history student, at least, and he was hearkening back to the days of Jane Gray and George Farnsworth. And, and seriously, talking about it's probably been that long since fishing has been this good. You've got the Royal Polaris up here the other day fishing, the Intrepid up in U.S. waters fishing, really great stuff and tremendous fishing going on. At Catalina Island, really awesome fishing continuing there. I mean, if you want action, you've got it. You've got Bonita, Yellowtail, Barracuda, Calico Bass. You've got Sheepshead Whitefish. You've got all kinds of action at Cat. The yellows at Cat are mostly smaller, 5 to 15 pounds, but they still get some fish up there to 30 pounds. And the bite out in front on the horseshoe kelp, actually a little bit further than that in an area we call the 150 and some other zones. It's moving around a little bit. John, my God, it's like seed rows here. 18 to 25-pound yellowtail, wide open. Yesterday on board the Victory, they had 125 of those yellows, I think. The Enterprise today with 100 of those yellowtail. Ashton Smith is a good friend of mine from Palos Verdes. He just bought 
a brand new Ranger boat, and I met him down at Big Fish Bait and Tackle yesterday and was chatting with him, and he wasn't exactly sure where to head out, so I kind of helped him out, and usually that's the end of the story. The guy has a lousy trip when I help him, but I got lucky this time. He called me, and on his very first cast, actually his girlfriend Kimberly, her very first cast with her very first new rod and reel and their very new boat, a 22-pound yellowtail for Kimberly, and they just kept going on from there. Really great stuff. Monte Carlo this afternoon, half-day boat, 22nd Street Landing, tied up on a striped marlin for about 15 minutes, fighting the thing. The guy handed the rod off to a good friend of mine, Brian, who decks on the boat, and it busted off after 10 minutes. But, I mean, come on, we're, we're catching marlin now on the half-day boats. How about a hammerhead shark? On the Santa Monica Pier yesterday. That's got to be a, a first. I haven't heard of too many hammerheads being taken. One guy put up, it's really not that uncommon. I caught one back in 1970. Uh, I think that means it's uncommon is what, what he was trying to say. But anyway, and uh, also up in the Channel Islands, that, that water up there is awfully warm on the backside of Anacapa. There's been some hits on tuna marlin. Uh, Dorado up there in the local bite, pretty darn good. Aloha Spirit, 52 yellows yesterday. Other boys in on that yellow bite today. I mean, man, you talk about crazy fishing. It simply can't get much better, John. You know, Phil, you are right, you know, and and not only that, there's been some unique catches. I don't know, did you get wind of uh, what happened on the uh, Thunderbird out of Newport Beach here uh, uh, this past week? Um, there's been so many stories. Which What are we talking about? I can't remember, they, to be honest they, with you. They picked up two tagged tuna. Did you hear that? I did not. They picked up two tagged tuna, and one of them was tagged in Japan. And wow. came all the way out here to visit us, probably going over to Disneyland, whatever it is. But, boy, it shows you how these fish are traveling around and how we are recipients of of the bounty right now is just incredible. It is. I mean, you just don't know what's going to be next on the hit parade. It's that incredible. Another guy um, was out, and he had, uh, I'm looking for his name. I'm sorry I don't have it here in front of me. He had seven striped marlin that he caught and released yesterday. And I know my friend Sean Morgan, who uh, used to run several boats, uh, the Icon and several boats, Sean's been having huge days. He had a day, I think, of eight stripers in the same day. I mean, Cabo-esque type catches here in Southern California. Why not? The water is super warm. There's more fish up here than you can shake a stick at. And when you have four-day trips on the Royal Polaris and trips like that, making a right-hand turn and coming up here and then going back to Fisherman's Landing and happy as can be because they, they had a great trip on the Royal. I mean, that really says a lot. And I don't think Don Ashley is too far off of this comparison to Zane Gray and George Farnsworth and the days back in the 30s when those giant bluefin tuna were on the Avalon Bank and the guys used to go out there with that subpar tackle and have those battles for hours and hours and hours. We're back in the, you know, remember the movie Back to the Future? Well, this is back to the past, and these are the good old days right now. You know, and you know what is amazing me, Phil, is that we were thinking, okay, we had the bluefin come through, and now maybe they're, 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 going out of the area and it's time for the yellow fin but i start looking at some of the numbers and you know at a point lomas worth fishing the el dorado was out on a day and a half trip they had 42 bluefin with 34 passengers the grande on an overnight had 50 bluefin with 33 passengers and then you 
you run on over to, uh, you know, H&M Landing over there, and the numbers of bluefin that these guys are still catching is incredible. The Constitution is out on a two-day trip. They've got 50 bluefin already with 25 pastures. That, that's limits right now. And, uh, you know, even if you go out on the smaller boats, uh, uh, the you take the real champion out of uh, H&M Landing, the three-quarter day trip. They had five people on. They had 25 yellowfin tuna, five yellowtail, and a mixture of bluefin in there. It, it's just incredible fishing, and the bluefin tuna are still here. I know. It just doesn't stop. Dave Dodge is a captain here in Southern California, very familiar to a lot of folks. He went out with a bunch of guys, four guys, four of them. They ran one hour from Long Beach. They fished half a day, and they end up with 19 yellowfin tuna and a bluefin tuna. And, John, speaking of those bluefin, as you just were, get this. Two days ago, the guys from ship services, you know, the guys that take uh, the, the supplies out to the oil rigs and they take the workers back and forth, yeah. well, a couple of those guys used to work at Pier Point, and they ran boats. They're sport fishing guys, so they know what they're looking at. They called us, and they said, you're not going to believe what we're looking at. And I'm like, what? We're looking at 100 to 150 pound bluefin coming cartwheeling out of the water out here near the double rigs, which is just out past where they're catching the yellows on the 150. Watching that go on 48 hours ago and wondering, yeah, you know, he said, can you get a hold of Don Ashley and find out where the Enterprise is? I called Donnie. I said, hey, Donnie, they got 150 pound bluefin. What do you want to tell the Enterprise? And he said, tell them to stay away. They'll never catch any of those things. Wow, you it, know, and it is incredible. Well, you know what is incredible, Phil, is that you actually have fishermen that are going out targeting these fish. That they they're going out with the rigs and the technique to to get these things. You know, and I want to congratulate Ali Husseini from uh, Bloody Decks. He got his his personal best fish. I think it won about 170 pounds. But there's a certain technique and a certain and certain gear that you use, and guys aren't used to rigging up like this and just going, okay, well, we're only going, uh, you know, 10 minutes uh, outside of the harbor to, to catch these fish. These are these are fish that you'd, you'd be going on and getting on the Royal Polaris or the Red Rooster or going out and fishing the, the rocks or the Hurricane Bank. They're right here. Yeah, and that is the amazing thing. You're so right to point that out. We have it right in our own backyard. Fish that you have to spend thousands of dollars for and run several days, they're right here now, right in our own backyard, and it simply doesn't get any better than this. It is absolutely phenomenal fishing, and uh, it's so close to home. It's such a great uh, thing for people to get out there and take advantage of this. It's really incredible. You know, Buzz Brizendine, besides being such a great captain of the Prowler, Buzz likes to do the spearfishing things, and Several of his buddies have had uh, bluefin offshore in the buck 50 range, 150-pound range. So, I mean, there's uh, the outdoor activities right now for watermen, fishermen, and guys that are spearfishing and everything else. It's just incredible. What's going on offshore here in Southern California right now, John, I don't know that you and I have ever seen it before. We're really lucky to be living in these times. Well, you know, I, I remember doing that with albacore that they were running in the Catalina Channel and off here at San Diego, and we'd have some tremendous albacore runs. But with the diversity of fishing, and not only that, you're talking about 
getting a getting the chance of of getting tuna and dorado on half day and three quarter day boats unprecedented and boy i got to tell you don't and i've said this before don't go planning a trip at the end of december and wishing your life away and hoping that the fish stay around uh, go fishing several times before that trip and at the end of september and take advantage of this great bite yeah absolutely you know i like to tell that old story about Captain Eddie Leland and I working in Redondo back in the day in the late 70s and catching over 180 bluefin tuna on the mascot six when I was a kid and being that deckhand. John, and, and when I told that story, people said, oh, he's drinking again. You know, that, that never happened. I think that might start happening again. I, I think this tuna might end up in the canyon off Redondo. It used to come in there every single year. I think, and it happens in the fall there. I think we're looking right down the barrel of a September bite of bluefin in Redondo Beach. We could very well see something like that. Why not? I mean, everything else seems to be happening right now. I don't see why that is not a great possibility, if not a probability. Right. Well, Phil, you are always coming up with all the great information on uh, what's happening here in our local waters, plus a lot of other activities that that are happening in the uh, Spanish-American community. Tell me. How's the best way to keep track of what you're doing? Thank you, John. We've got constant updates going on at www.pfomedia.com. For our Spanish-speaking brothers and sisters and hermanos y hermanas, we're on www.aventurasalaredelibre.com. And, of course, we're on the air on AM 690, Friday nights at 9 p.m., Sunday mornings at 6 in Spanish, and uh, just having a great time doing all this. When I get off the air with you right now, John, I'm going to jump in a truck and I'm pointing it toward Ensenada. We have a brand new hospital bed that we are going to take down to Saulo Espinosa from El Rosario, who's in a terrible accident and can no longer walk. And we got that donated, and we're going to make sure he gets that bed tomorrow morning. We're going to take off Will Ebersman and myself here in just a few minutes, head on down to Playa Saldamanda, spend the night, and then get into Ensenada and then be back here tomorrow afternoon to get back into the fishing thing. So great stuff going on, John, and always a pleasure to be on Rod and Real Radio. Well, Phil Friedman, I appreciate it. Hey, uh, uh, before you hang up, uh, JR's got a couple of words he wants to share with you, if you will, and it's always good speaking with you, and we look forward to not only speaking to you during the week, but hearing from you again next Sunday night on Rod and Real Radio, if not before. Thank you, John. Always a pleasure, my friend. All right, stay on the line. Uh, Hey, uh, we'll be back, hopefully, with Captain Ray Summers. We're going to try and catch up with him. I know he's on the water from the vendetta. I tell you, Captain Ray's at the hottest ticket right now. Uh, He is loading up on fish. We're going to try and see if we can get a piece of that magic, find out what he's doing on loading up the boat he is the way he is. This is Ron Real Radio on AM540 or ronrealradio.com. Stay tuned. More to come. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, Bass Fisherman, 
who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program. It is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call one 800 227 7262 or just spell bass boat 1-800 bass boat i know there's too many letters but the t is free and the calls on me that's 1-800 bass boat the choice of the pros for bass boat insurance for more information log on to 1-800 bassboat.com my angler h2oth like the mighty flounder i will keep one eye on the pole and the other watching for rogue waves i'll save water by taking shorter showers and enthusiastically celebrate talk like a pirate day i I will chat up the locals before launching in unfamiliar waters. And I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. It's tuna time, and it's time to reserve your spot on one of the newest boats in the fleet, the 70-foot Sea Adventure 2 at H&M Landing in San Diego. It has a roomy, comfortable galley that seats up to 24 passengers with all the comforts of home, including two big satellite flat-screen TVs and satellite phone. The huge new bait tank and slammer ensure plenty of bait for everyone, and two four-ton refrigerated fish holds, both RSW and blast-free, have plenty of room to keep your catch as fresh as the minute you caught it. Reserve your spot on the Sea Adventure Two online at hmlanding.com or call H&M Landing at 619-222-1144. And we do want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Well, we were trying to catch up with Captain Ray Summers, but right now we're just not able to make the connection. As we are saying, these skippers right now are coming on in, loading on up and turning it around, and Captain Ray's like all of them. So, uh, Captain Ray, we look forward to having you on again. We have, though, asked Phil Friedman before he gets in that truck and takes off to spend a little more time with us. And, Phil, I am really interested in your trip to Loretto because it just seems like Loretto is such a great destination to go to, but it hasn't been accessible to a lot of us. So tell us about what you went through to get to Loretto. Uh, let me tell you, John, what a great place that is. And, and I made my first trip there when I was – 17, my mom pushed me out the door, tired of me, and said, go drive somewhere, kid, like south. So I, I made my first drive. It was 17 hours and went to Laredo. And I remember I used to, I, when we got to Laredo this time, I'm going, is that Motel Salvatierra going to still be here? It was 4 bucks a night when I was a kid, and <laughs> that's where we used to stay. And there it was. It was still there. It, it was a lovely experience. We flew Alaska Airlines out of Los Angeles. A two-hour and five-minute flight, not a problem at all. Clearing customs was no big deal in Laredo. And then we got whisked to our hotel. Now, our hotel, it was about 35 minutes south of downtown Loreto. And you got to go into the downtown area for a, a myriad of different reasons. Or you can stay there if you like. But I've got to tell you, Hotel Palmas Via del Palmar, what a great environment. Three different great restaurants, everybody running around that place had a smile on their face. They couldn't have been nicer. They have pongas, 
right there in front of the place. If you want to take a bigger boat, you take a 20-minute ride uh, up to the north to Puerto Escondido, and you can grab a ride out of there, and you can fish Isla Coronado or Carmen or Montserrat, or if you really want to go way down the line, there's Isla Catalina. Also, there's all kinds of great Dorado during the time, certain times of the year, some billfish at times, some really great yellowtail fishing in the wintertime, and it was just a great experience. John, you would be hard-pressed to find a piece of trash on the street in Laredo. It's impeccably, beautifully kept. The people have so much pride in that place, and it's such a kind of a sleepy Mexican town. It's not that Cabo atmosphere. You won't find that. If you're looking for that kind of small-town Mexican atmosphere, a little bit sleepy, this is it. It's a great place, and we went and toured around downtown, went into Nuestra Señora de Loreto, which is a church that was established, the first mission in all the Californians by Father Salvatierra, a Jesuit father who founded this place in the 1600s. And they have so many historical artifacts, and there's so much history there. You can learn about how that area was colonized and how the fathers came in there and taught Christianity and taught so much more Spanish to everybody. It's a great place. But to get to the fishing, man, it can be red hot at times. And getting there, Alaska Airlines, I really, I got to tell you, the service was fantastic, great flight, real friendly, and uh, you couldn't beat it. So not a hassle at all. And then once you get to Via the Palmar, you cannot beat what a great hotel that is, John. Well, uh, is Alaska during the summer offering regular flights there or are they flights on particular days and where are you going into when you get there it was my understanding now i'm pretty sure it's every day now so they have a flight out of los angeles every single day and we flew right into the laredo airport so it was uh, it was you know you're right there you're not flying into la paz and then taking a two-hour bus ride or a three-hour bus ride or anything else straight into laredo and then back out of laredo into los angeles the plane lands when it's coming back. In fact, we took off coming back to Los Angeles a little bit early, probably about 40 minutes early. We were on our way back to Los Angeles. So really great. Right into Laredo makes it really beautiful. You know, we, we're familiar with uh, uh, Los Cabos to, to fish in, uh, you know, the East Cape and even La Paz, uh, great fishing out of there. Uh, uh, Laredo, uh, uh, you know, are there the fishing opportunities, even though it's a quieter atmosphere, for people to come and experience world-class fishing? Absolutely. No doubt about it. There is world-class fishing. I'll take it by season with you. And You know, when I used to drive down there, I'd do it at Christmas break when I was going to either high school or college. And so I know very, very well how good that yellowtail fishing can be in the wintertime. December, January, February, March, awesome yellow bites going on there. And uh, you, you can find it in a variety of different regions. You can go out to Isla Carmen at times and do really well. You can go up to Pulpito Reef and catch all kinds of yellows up there, and they're nice big forks for the most part. There's some really great cabrilla fishing during that time of the year also, and there's also some grouper fishing, giant groupers down at Catalina, and also some grouper locally. And then when you start to get into the springtime, you'll start to get that dorado to start to move in. As soon as the water warms up, you'll have world-class wide-open Dorado fishing, really, really fun stuff. In fact, Bob Alvarez and I many, many years ago took a skiff down there with my dad when he was still kicking around. And Bob and I took off, and we could not catch a fish, John. And there had been no Dorado caught this year in Laredo. So we caught all these trigger fish, 
and we're thinking, well, you know, we got ceviche at least. Well, we go outside and we make one last pass. We ran way out and we found a dorado. We caught a dorado, about a 35 pounder, as I remember. Nice fish. And we had so many trigger fish, and I'm ashamed to tell you this, but I'll be honest with you. We took most of the trigger fish. I go, hey, let's get rid of the trigger fish. So we tossed them and we circled around and we came back and I go, dude, look, at, there's all those trigger fish floating around. And Alvarez goes, with like a hundred Dorado under them. And the Dorado had gotten under the trigger fish. And we literally started the season that year. It was wide open Dorado. My poor dad, we came in after dark. He had all the guys in town climbing poles and looking for this little 12 foot skiff that Alvarez and I were out in. But I mean, I have those kind of memories about that era. I flew down there with Tommy Rothery, the owner operator of the Players Supreme, and had a really good time. And, and then when you get in, Further into the summertime, it's hot. It's really hot. It was hot when we were down there, but I like that heat. And uh, you'll find billfish up there. You'll find yellowfin tuna up there. You'll find more Dorado up there. Incredible, incredible fishing. And there's some good surf fishing opportunities also. There's some rooster fish and some jack crevels, toros as they call them. There's all kinds of other opportunities at fish. It is world class. It's really good. And they've got a good ponga fleet down there. And a friend of mine is putting in some more pongas as we speak. And then uh, we fished a boat called the Mad Dash out of the hotel down at Puerto Escondido. And just a beautiful rig that did about 30 knots and could have you on the fishing grounds in the blink of an eye. Definitely, John. World class, and they've got everything you need to make that happen. And how about the value for the dollar, uh, Phil? Uh, you know, we know you, you know uh, Cabo San Lucas can get really pricey in a lot of those uh, Mexican resorts say, you know, yeah, you know, you're having fun there, but they're expensive. Uh, Loretto, is that good value for the money? We found it to be very good value, excellent value at the hotel. And, of course, you know, I'm a guy that likes to eat at the taco stands and do that kind of a thing. And it was great value, really, really affordable. You can go down there and really have a good time. And, you know, for those folks that like to fly, it's a two-hour flight to get there. If you want to make that drive... Boy, I got to tell you, you will you will have an adventure that you will never ever forget if you make that 17-hour drive and, and continue it to Cabo as I've done many many times before. But that drive, John, takes you through so many great areas. You get to see the Pacific, you get to see the desert. You come out when you pop out and you see that Sea of Cortez as blue as she is, and she's just full of fish and full of life. There's just nothing like that sight. When you pop over the hills and you start to come down into Santa Rosalia or something like that. I mean, it's really a remarkable trip. And you get to hang out and do all the fun stuff you do when you travel by car, like eating fish tacos on the way down and some of that great bread that is there in Santa Rosalia, remnants of the French that were once there running the mining town there. It's really a remarkable drive. So it's about 17 hours. I do that drive. At least I used to in one day. I'm getting old now, so I might have to cut that into two days. But if you really want to do it right, you know, do two, three, four days and enjoy yourself and stop at San Quentin and stop, you know, uh, see Mama Espinosa. She'll be 109 years old in October down there in El Rosario. And then shoot out to the desert, to Catavina, where you see those great rock formations. There's just so much to see in the Baja, no question about it. Well, Phil, I know you got the engine running, and we're keeping you from getting on down south. I was really interested in your trip uh, to Laredo. It sounds like you had a wonderful trip, and uh, we look forward to making that with you sometime. Go out there and 
celebrate fishing and the culture of the wonderful people down there. Let's do that, John. I did that with you in Rosarita Beach, and that was a fabulous trip. You were so great with the kids out there on the pier teaching the local kids in Rosarita how to fish, and I know we could do a similar thing in Laredo and have a really good time doing it. By the way, the owner of the hotel, John, I, I need to tell you that there's a little a fishing village next door called Ensenada Blanca. If you have a door that's broken, you need paint on your house, he sends his workers over there on a regular basis to put up a new door, to do some repairs to the houses. He's a great guy in the community. He's doing great things down there. All right. Well, Phil, right. Well, Phil thank you. We missed you for the past you. couple of weeks, but we're looking forward to your report next week. We'll probably be talking to you during the week. Thanks a lot for uh, a little bonus time with us, okay? Hey, anytime I find anybody who misses me, John, I, I don't know what to say. Nobody else misses me. So I'm grateful, and I'm glad to be here. All right. Phil Friedman, the voice from uh, 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 PFO Radio, thanks a lot for being with us, Phil, and, and safe traveling down south. Thanks, John. Take care, everybody. Have a wonderful finish to your Sunday. All right. Appreciate it, Phil. Hey, we just want to remind you about a few other things coming on up before we leave you tonight. You know, with this fantastic fishing season, you've got to be a part of the Make-A-Wish Tuna Challenge. And that is coming on up. There's some dates you need to know about. You've already missed the first important date, and that was Friday, July the 31st. That was the early bird sign-up. But you know what? Still more things coming on up. Be sure you get your sign-ups in. The captain's meeting is Friday, April the 28th. And then the Tuna Challenge itself is Saturday, August the 29th starts at 5 a.m. And then capping it off at the Silvergate Yacht Club, there is a tremendous banquet that's put on over there. It is a lot of fun. It starts August Sunday, August the 30th at 10 a.m. Not only is there going to be great food over there, but there's also going to be beer and wine. But there's going to be the opportunity to win a lot of great gifts and all the proceeds from the Tuna Challenge stay in San Diego to help kids with life-threatening situations realize their hopes and dreams. And I've got to tell you, they make a wish people, and they've just done great job, and especially the people with the Tuna Challenge. So that's coming on up. We're going to be talking more about it. But if you need to find out more about this upcoming event, you're going to want to go to tunachallenge.org. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for tonight. Stan and Wendy, as you can tell, we're off. They're out fishing and doing other sundry things. We want to thank JR in our AM540 studios. Also thank Ben Harvey for putting together the show locally for here in San Diego. And always, we want to thank not only Big Tuna Bill, but also Captain Eddie McCune for leaving this us this wonderful legacy that's rod and reel radio but we want to thank you the listeners and our sponsors man without you we can't do it we try and have a lot of fun do a little bit different type of radio show we hope you enjoy it so until that time man next sunday night 505 p.m listen to us on am 540 or rod if you missed any of these shows just go to rod get on the archive page Hit that and go view the shows we've had in the past. So on behalf of Stan, Wendy, and all of us, we want to wish you a good evening. Hey, your fish are getting away. Go out there and get them this week. 
We want to hear all about it. We might even be talking about it next week. So until then, we're out for now. Stay safe, and thank you for listening.